Hello and welcome to the 551 Podcast. My name is Wes Berdine. On the phone with me, Alex Schieferdecker in Philadelphia. How are you, man? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing good. I, I, I thought that we were going to have Rodrigo here with us, but he was running late and uh, I've had sick kids and uh, just crazy schedules. So we, we had to we'd do pare it down just to, to you and me. Uh, we'll, we'll have to do our best to uh, represent Peru effectively uh, or not at all. Um, uh, we'll just talk about Denmark the whole time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, it's getting to be the end of the year. Uh, um, do you have uh, any uh, any end of the year movies, uh, TV shows, or, or uh, albums you want to throw out there? I didn't prepare you for this. So I'm letting the listeners know I'm, I'm springing this on you. Um, I don't know. My family watched uh, The Big Sick over Thanksgiving, and it's a really great movie, and everyone should watch it. It's really sweet. Uh, yeah, I think that that was like a, what they would call a, a indie darling. Uh, um, I, I didn't see it, but I, I saw everything about it. Um, uh, I don't have any movie recommendations for people, uh, but um, I would say I listened to the. I was just doing album recommendations with my with a few of my friends, and uh, the, the, my three favorite records this year were. Um, uh, Lucius had a great record, Good Grief, uh, and then this band Olympia had a, a fantastic record called Self Talk, and then the I think the War on Drugs record, even though the the second half doesn't do as much for me. So well, I haven't listened to any of them, so I know they must be good. <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah. So anyway, we got the we got our official end of the year. Um, do, I, I'm also uh, I've been working on my end of the year stuff. Um, I should say this uh, up front for people. Probably next week, I'm going to put the complete darkness up for sale. Uh, for people who don't know what the complete darkness is, in 2014, 2015, uh, we put out a book that was a, a year end review that had you know bios and stats, a uh, few feature articles. Um, the main one for this is going to be a feature on Amos McGee and scouting, and um, he's he's a fantastic dude. Uh, it was great to like get his story, get you know his background of you know when he left Minnesota Thunder as head coach, and uh, talks about you know this being kind of the biggest sustained failure of his life. Um, and then coming back, <laughs> we talk about Demidov. Speaking of failure, which is always funny anytime you hear him talk about Demidov. Um, and then, you know, there's an addendum. I, I include parts of my um, Callman article from Growler magazine this year. Uh, there's a big stats uh, thing. Did I, did I tell you about this? Um, Dave Ladig uh, from 55.1, he and I always work together on stats because we're like basically Mulder and Scully of stats. Um, he's <laughs> He being the Mulder, I, me the Scully. And um, he has these databases that literally track every touch of every player. From like where where on the pitch they went to, how they it it's amazing. It's like too much to deal with. One of the reasons of the delays of selling the book is that writing this article is just impossible because there's too much data and it's like, well, what do we say? Um, so anyway, people should look out for that. It is a big thing that we do. Uh, I would uh, you know I don't really make money off of it, um, uh, but it'll be for sale for uh, twelve bucks. Uh, $10 for Dark Clouds, people. Um, so, uh, and it'll be probably released at the end of middle to end of January. But that's my plug. Cool. 
There you go. Yeah, thank you. Good. Thank you for acknowledging. Um, so anyway, on this <laughs> podcast, uh, we, we have like uh, bits and, and stuff. We've got two cup finals to talk about. Tam Gam, uh, the big, big, big uh, Minnesota United signing, um, DP signing of Harrison Heath. And um, <laughs> questions about Peru that we will, you know, attempt to, to do. So are you, are you fully prepared, Alex? I am fully prepared. All right. Uh, let's do music from big quarters and come back and, you know, do this. Okay, and we are back. We did the music thing. Um, MLS Cup Final was this past weekend, Saturday, 3 p.m. Uh, I went to New Bohemia in Uptown and watched with a bunch of other people. It was kind of a great little uh, party that Dark Clouds put on. Um, and Toronto played Seattle. Uh, l- let me just throw it to you, Alex. Your thoughts on the game? You watched it, I assume. I watched. I was able to watch the second half. I, I unfortunately oh, wasn't hey. able to catch the first half. Perfect. So I, I caught up to it at halftime as I was tuning in and just read lots of tweets of people like, oh my God, it's happening again. Like, you know, yeah. Toronto should be up like 5-0 by now and it's 0-0. It's, is this going to be a complete repeat of last year? Well, um, but I then will, I was watching, and I yeah. Sorry, no. I'll take you through that first half, which was um, Stephen Fry, yeah. aka Jesse Pinkman, um, making absolutely having a Zach Stephen type night. Um, uh, you know, Toronto in the first half, probably yeah. I think it was four or five. I remember four distinct ones, um, d- like absolute chances, like that should have gone in. Either either it just went just wide or. Uh, Jesse Pinkman made the save, and um, it was uh, Seattle had really nothing. And you thought, are they really just going to try to nullify this game yet again? And you know, then the second half ha- happened, and you know, broke yeah. through. Well, yes, yeah, so I, I I watched second half. I that 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 goal by Toronto was was really good. I was you know Seattle won the cup last year without taking a shot on goal in the entire game. And it was like, I think that that, like, the fact that they won that game papered over the fact that they were, like, a vastly inferior team to Toronto. And this year, Toronto got a lot better. And I, I think Seattle was probably about the same. And you could see it. So, I mean, Toronto were so in control of the game, even more than they were last time. And they just weren't going to be denied. And, you know, I guess the way we tell it, it sounds a little bit dramatic because it really, you know, if you were a Toronto fan, you were having flashbacks. But yeah. Toronto scored 60 it took him, yeah, 67th seventh minute. Minutes, but so. there's, there's plenty of time. There was plenty of time left, you know. Yeah. But it was, it was a sort of a defensive breakdown, turnover in midfield. Toronto moved the ball so quickly in that game. Not just on that play. Just throughout the game, they were moving the ball so fast between the players. And Chad Marshall sort of committed. It was his one real mistake of the of the game. And it left Josie Alzador, who was right on the offside line with Roman Torres. He had a breakaway in. He did a great job sort of holding off pressure and chipped Fry. And it was a really beautiful goal. Chad Marshall, um, always to me... 
I, I don't know if he looks like he's in a, a, a cover band of Metallica. Uh, he's a little bit, got a little bit of like, uh, you know, chunky, uh, chunkiness to him. I, he's I, permanently uh, middle-aged. Yeah, yes. Uh, fantastically middle-aged, like has a barbecue with his kids every weekend and yeah. things like that with like a kiss the chef uh, apron <laughs> on. Uh, th- that's all I have to say, but Chad Marshall. But um, Really good defender. Yes, very good defender. Did not have his day uh, at that moment. Um, uh, Toronto eventually got the second goal when this Victor Vazquez, um, you know, basically bundled the ball over the net. Um, the the ball went off the post and into him, and then uh, he couldn't even he didn't even get a foot on it. He just kind of fell into it and it went in. What I loved about his goal is that he came out and celebrated by pointing to his num- name on his jersey, as if like. He did anything other than be a body there. I mean, you know, and he got a goal, so good for him. But uh, it was great that, that you know, yeah. just being like, yeah, that's my name. The guy who just fell into the ball and it fell into the net. So, In fairness to him, and I think that one of the story of the game really, you know, to the, to the extent that we assign narratives to these things, was that all of Seattle's stars showed up. The best player in the game was Michael Bradley, aside from maybe Stephen Fry. It, it was, Toronto's stars, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Well, yeah, and it was it was the best player for Toronto. I mean, they have so many stars. So the best player for Toronto was Michael Bradley. Yes. He was just so clinical in midfield. I mean, he gets so much hate from people who I frankly don't think understand the game, but he was. This was one of his best performances. He was absolutely clinical. He was making his passes. He was breaking up whatever attempts Seattle had to score. Um, he was just dictating the entire flow of the game for Toronto. And then up in front, you had Vasquez, who really was, the, I think, the, probably the player of the season for Toronto. He was like their missing piece. He was the guy who had the, you know, he was the guy who could take pressure off Giovinco, take pressure off Altidore. And, and still was a player who could threat a pass, who could who could provide sort of a goal threat or an assist threat. I think that he was their player of the season, and so I think it was fitting that he got that goal. And I, you know, for that reason, I'll allow him to sort of point at his shirt after it's such a garbage goal at the end. And then Josie Altidore, the final one, of course, scoring the the winning goal, the decisive goal. I mean, he was he wasn't as prolific as you might. You know, as as a Christian Ramirez or a CJ Sapong throughout the year, or or one of the really elite strikers in the league, but he has throughout this year. I think this was a Matt Doyle tweet, but he throughout this year has shown up in every big game he's played, except for the one. But every other big game he's played in the Gold Cup, in this match, he's been there. He's been really key for Toronto with big, big goals. And that's what you want out of a guy who's got all the attention on him. You're paying him the big bucks, and he came through for them. Yeah, a lot of um, Toronto... So Toronto media and Canadian media are are pretty funny because um, I would hear a lot about uh, the, the Player of the Week nominations by media that Toronto media would basically every week just nominate whatever Toronto player that they wanted. Um, and there was a lot of complaints about, oh, Michael Bradley should have gotten uh, Player of the Year. You know, the problem with uh, Toronto, the good problem, is that there are legitimately four 
amazing players. There's a lot of very great players and even, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, you know, Michael Bradley, Victor Vazquez, uh, Josie had, a, had an okay year. But Javinko, I mean, you've got a great team. I'm glad that they won. Yeah. I wanted the best team to win because uh, going back to what you said about Seattle last year papering over, uh, I think back to when Portland won uh, the MLS Cup, uh, how Cameron Porter's uh, mystique still grew, yeah. despite the fact that his team was bad. They, they just were the sixth to, seed. To win. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, 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 like MLS Cup uh, is a great thing. I want to win it, blah, blah, blah. Great. That's a, But it does not tell us the best team, by far. Uh, yeah. we, we all know that Supporters' Cup is the real thing. That tells you who the best team is. I don't know a way to reverse the importance that happens. Maybe it, it, it can't happen. But um, Toronto meaningly, meaningfully should have won because they're just so good. You can't pick who yeah. the, you know, the, 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 the votes on who the best player um, were for Toronto were spread apart um, because you had, yeah, you could pick Vasquez, you could pick Javinko, you should, could pick... Bradley and um, you know the the other people, media players, coaches picked uh, didn't spread their votes out and went for Valeri, which was very well earned. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's not much you can say about this Toronto team other than I mean, they are so damn good. Giovinco had an off year. It was by far his worst year for Toronto, and he had 16 goals, six assists. Yep. Like, yeah, and and, and Josie had Josie had an off year better than anyone and, we had, and the, that's that is the thing about um, Toronto is the rarity in MLS where they are deep in dangerous ways. Uh, most uh, no other teams really are deep in that way, um, and yeah. so we need more the teams like that. Not just not just teams that are um, crazy Javinkos and stuff like that, but teams that have. Where Betashore is their worst player, you know. <laughs> right. Well, you have guys like Tassant Ricketts is like the backup striker, right. and Tassant Ricketts starts on half the teams in MLS. He's yes. better than Dominic Baji or whoever Colorado have. He's better than Darren Maddox. You know, he, I mean, he's yeah. he is he's, he's he is better than Jazzy Zardes. He, he's he is a starter on half of the teams in the league. And he is the backup striker for Toronto. Uh, they are so head and heels. And we'll get into the sort of changes that are coming this offseason in a little bit. And how that, you know, hopefully will make it more competitive. It might just make Toronto stronger. But they are really, uh, really, you know, you had your article a few weeks ago about sort of bemoaning that labels we give MLS 1.0, 2.0, whatever. But... Toronto, whatever point oh we are in, Toronto are like the next level. Toronto are really the next evolution of the league, where they have so many talented players in so but many I, positions. You know, this goes back to my article. I, I don't think that they're in evolution. They are just a, uh, you know, because I don't think that other teams are going to replicate that. I don't think that not even with the. No. Well, let's well let's let's yeah. skip ahead to our list and just talk about the the Tam and the. Uh, changes yeah. in the off season. I mean, that's that. They, so they increased the TAM by like they tripled it or something. It's targeted, insane. Yeah, tar- targeted allocation money. So this is something that we use to get 
Uh, um, both, Star players uh, like Vadim Demidov. Yep, yep. And, yeah. and someone like Rasmus Schuller. I think Rasmus Schuller, I've not really actually verified this, but it was like kind of vague when it came out. Um, he, I think there was a small transfer fee. I'm guessing fifty to a hundred grand that we paid on Tam, uh, and then maybe paid down his salary some. But we used Tam to pay the 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 transfer fee itself. So you can do things like that with Tam. Everyone else, everyone gets uh, one point two uh, million normal Tam, right? Uh, and then in addition to that, there's now a two point eight million extra that players that teams can spend on their own dime and this is kind of like a designated player right you um up to 460 or something like that of a designated player's salary counts against your cap everything else and that comes from the mls budget you know mls pays that and then if we sign a player for a million dollars then 540 or so comes out of owner's pockets so this extra new TAM is out-of-owner's pocket stuff. Um, and, you know, Ben Baer uh, for MLSsoccer.com had a really good article people should go check out on their main page um, just about how the, how the new TAM works. And let me just read this to you, and then, then you can respond to it. So taking a player who makes $1.1 million and buying them down to a $100,000 budget charges, charge frees up three hundred eighty. Uh, thousand in salary budget. That kind of money is more than enough to acquire a starting cal- caliber player. So it's basically saying uh, a million dollar player uh, is going to count against four hundred something um, in four hundred eighty in salary budget. So if you pay them down uh, with three hundred eighty in TAM uh, extra, then it counts even less against your cap. Um, and, and so, uh, yeah, I actually won't read the, this stuff. People should go read it. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the, this the, is going to be uh, a spreading out the haves and haves not. This is not a parody right. device now because now Bill McGuire and the rest of the owners need to ask themselves uh, how much of our own money are we going to spend this season, next season, yeah. etc. But I do think coming sort of circling back, I think this will lead to more Torontos. It will not make every team in the league of Toronto, but this is an opportunity for a team like Seattle, a team like either of the LA's, you know, NYCFC to, to you know, to much more easily acquire the kind of depth that TFC have acquired. Yes. Because the TAM is TAM is for guys like Victor Vasquez who is not a DP. Right. Tam is for these guys. Um, you know, Tam allows you to, to, to afford a bunch of Stephen Beta Shores, Drew mm-hmm. Moores, you know, it allow uh, Justin Morrow's. It allows you to not break the bank on these types of players. Um, and I think that that, you know, you may not, maybe Minnesota will not become the next Toronto, but Seattle is absolutely going to going to jump at that. Atlanta will jump at that. Yeah. Orlando maybe. I mean, these teams where these where these owners are really spending a lot, they are going to see this as an opportunity to get catch up to Toronto. And Toronto will see this as an opportunity to hold on to what they've got and potentially even get even stronger because they yeah. can. I, I will say it, it doesn't it, roundabout can get you 
players like Betashore, right? I, I can't use Tam to knock a $250,000 player down to 100000 so I can sign more of them. It has to be over a certain amount, and I believe that's 400 or something, and knock them but down. But that's what, that's, what, that's, what, that's what the Ben Bear article means, is it, 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 you knock these down, these other players, and you can afford more of these yes. middle-tier starting players. Right. Yeah, and, not middle tier, upper tier starting players. Yeah, sorry. And I was at, actually at an event tonight and saw um, Dr. Bill McGuire and, and and said to him, you know, we were just chatting, and I said, you know, one of the things I would like to um, hear from you, from someone on the club, uh, you know, is, are you going to spend this money? And you know, we talked about it a, a bit, and I, I want to give them a chance to kind of give. Uh, he said he wants to come on the podcast again, and I don't know why he wants to do that. <laughs> he, he hasn't heard the memo about us, but um, but uh, you know, I, I do want to g- hear them kind of on the record. You know, like, hey, wh- what what out of are you going to be only spending the bare bones? Uh, and you know, yeah. um. Bill is all of them are all always going to kind of talk around the question, but I think that we need to we, we are going to see we need to see um, a level of ambition from the club. They mm. want to spend smartly, and I get that they don't want to they don't yeah. want to be a Toronto. They they know smartly that they can't be a Toronto. But um, you know, you and I always talk about this. Anyone who's on this podcast, we always talk about. <laughs> Look, you can say you want to do things differently, but how are you going to do things yeah. differently, right? I mean, you can't just say, well, I don't want to be Toronto because we can't be Toronto. Okay, well then, how are you going to build your club? Are you going to do it this mm-hmm. way or that way? Are you going to be uh, Dallas? Are you going to be uh, Salt Lake? You know, um, yeah. And that's let's, something that they're figuring out, I think. Let's circle back to this when we talk more about the Loons because we have one more cup final to talk about. I did not catch as much of this as I needed to. Uh, but the Liga MX final between Tigres and Monterey, both teams from Monterey. Uh, so a, a, not only a final, but a derby. And Jonathan Gonzalez, the young American, like the youngest player on either team by seven years, something crazy like that, starting both games in central midfield. Did you catch this match? Or both, I, either I, of the two matches? I, I, caught, uh, I caught only the, the first match, so I did not catch last night's match. Um, I... I and it's it's like the Bundesliga every year where I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna recommit my uh, my heart to watching more Liga MX and Bundesliga, and then uh, and then children ruin everything. <laughs> but yes, it was the first first game ended one one, and then the second game uh, Monterey went up, and then Tigres win three two on the aggregate. Uh, again, Tigres are just absolute giants. Uh, what can you say? They've also got uh, Jose Torres, the American, the the gringo, on their team. Well, so I, I th- sorry, two gringos. That's all I was, was going to say. <laughs> um, what I what I liked about this final is that it was like the Toronto Seattle final. If Toronto, oh, sorry, if Seattle were competent, like it, it, you yeah. had you had Monterey who played this really deep lying. Very counterattacking style, and Tigres, who are possession oriented, you know they're they're trying to get to to Zignac or whatever. You know they they are a much they dominated the game in terms of the statistics. But Monterey are so dangerous on the counterattack, and so you had, you know, it's it's fun to see games where there are two teams of equal skill trying to sort of have their way in the same play style. 
But I think it, I think it really is fun to see two teams with very different ideas about how to play and this sort of clash of styles going against each other. And Monterey came really close. They were, from what I, from what I heard and I watched some of the highlights, but they were, they had, they had their chances and they couldn't put it away yeah. in, that second, in that second game. Just one more point. When you said Tigres are dominant, um, Adam Jarvie on Twitter, MN North Star, uh, wrote that, you know, he said, with all due respect to what Toronto has accomplished winning the, winning the treble this year, it's hard to argue that anyone other than Tigres is the class of North America right now. And he points out they are the Apertura champs 2015, 2016, and now 2017. They were the finalists in the Copa Libertadores in 2015 and the CONCACAF Champions League finalists in the last two years. That, that is legitimately really crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to see what... I'm sorry, I'm excited to see what Toronto FC will do in the Champions League, but I mean, Tigres are, are as he says, a, a class in North, above in North America. Yeah. Well, let's um, let's take a break. We've got some Minnesota United stuff to to kick on on after uh, the break. <laughs> Welcome back, fifty five one podcast. It's Wes and Alex. Uh, Alex, you, my my um, closest brother, the two years older than me, is named Alex, and so uh, it's always I've always had like a Wes and Alex thing, uh, and so you know I, I view you as as my older brother, even though I'm I'm well older than you. Uh, <laughs> it was meant to be. But, uh, we are we are going to talk about Minnesota United stuff, but actually let's start with just general MLS stuff. Uh, two kind of big big moves, other than the big DP move for Minnesota United, uh, is that uh, Darlington Nagby is apparently on his way to Atlanta United. Hey, yeah, this huh. is uh, being reported in various places, but it looks like about as much as one point nine million in Gam Tam, you know, uh, thank you, ma'ams type uh, <laughs> of reimbursement. It's that's huge. That's way bigger than Dom Dwyer. That's a, that is a, you yeah. know even one point nine million of, of funny money is still funny money, but it's still a big move for a guy like Dar- Darlington Nagmi and for the for the league. It's like bigger off the field than it is on. I think maybe we'll see. I mean, what I mean by that is that Nagby has been the face of the Timbers forever. I mean, he's been, you know, Valeri now is, is yeah, sort of... Yeah, I'd, I'd put Valeri up You think of Valeri, yeah. but, but Nagby has been with the Timbers for longer. Yes. And he, you know, I, I still remember that goal that he scored, um, that the one goal he scored, um, where he sort of dribbled, you know, he, he juggled yeah. the ball twice. Walked, and then, Walked away, puts his arms out. Yeah. Yeah, it was incredible. You know, but, but I think that the... So he's the face of the Timbers. Big, it's a big deal, you know, and, and Portland fans are going to miss him. But I, at the same time, he's always been like this player who has, everyone has sort of thought he could be so much better than he is. Yeah, or, and for the, for we'll the say, U.S., he that's could be, also the case, yeah. Right, he could be so much more influential than he is. I guess that's the real way to put it. Because... When he touches the ball, his skill is very evident, and that never goes away. The, but the problem with him has always been 
what's the end product? You know, yeah. he can he can hold onto the ball better than almost anyone, certainly any American in the league, really. He he can dribble well, he can pass well, but he's never put up big numbers in terms of goals or assists. And so if he, you know him moving to Atlanta is a big deal within the league because he's a real star in the league. But I'm I'm almost not sure that he will be a regular starter in Atlanta. Almost, you know, he he like Atlanta are stacked and they're only going to get more stacked. They've already made a big what sounds like a big um another big signing out of South America, a young kid, 18 year old, you know, and another attacking midfielder. I, I, on the field, I don't know what the impact of this is going to be. Maybe they'll find a way to unlock Nagby in a way that that hasn't been done before. But well, certain, certainly he will be walking into an offense that is even even more uh, potent than Portland's, which you know had Fernando Adi yeah. and Diego Valeri. I mean, there are no there are no slouches there. So if he can't survive there, if he can't make it in Atlanta, then. He will really be, uh, you know, what could have been, and I think it will be time to say. I mean, he's like twenty-seven or twenty-six now. Yeah. It, it's basically time to say he is the player who he is. You know. Yeah. So the other big move: Walker Zimmerman going from FC Dallas to LAFC. Uh, LAFC also look like they will be. I mean, they only have like five players. They look like they will be absolutely stacked. So. Uh, goodbye, Western Conference. We're never <laughs> making the playoffs. Okay, great. Bob great. Bradley is coach. Yeah. Bob um, Bradley. I think people don't remember, but Bob Bradley is a really good coach. We're going to see uh, see a little bit more of LAFC at the end of this week. December 13th is the expansion draft. Um, we all, we know that the the all the expansion lists are out. We'll talk about Minnesota United. Isn't second. it the 12th? I think it's uh, when... People listening to this podcast, it will maybe have already happened. Okay, it will happen immediately as you listen to this. I thought, whatever. Oh, waivers, drafts, whatever. I don't know. This week is crazy. There's a lot going <laughs> Lots on. Lots of drafts, random um, drafts. Uh, you know, it's fully expected, like every other expansion draft, that uh, most of what they will do is uh, take a player and then trade them on to someone else or trade them back to the team, etc. It's, um, as I think Andrew Wiebe referred to it as a a kind of asset uh, collection, right? So they're going to try to get some GAM or some various players and try to work. Um, This is a time when other teams can kind of help uh, smooth some things along because you have free acquisitions here. Um, So it may be a time where Minnesota United picks up a player the players that we made available who are not already cut by the team are Demidov, Ibarra, Cap, Nicholson, Schuler, Ven- uh, Johan Venegas, and Colin Warner. Um, do you have any? Uh, I, I know. I know the the responses were kind of um, maybe surprised at Ibarra and Nicholson being on this list. Do you do you have any thoughts or cares or what? What, what did you make? I, I only think I think the only one at risk of being picked is Ibarra, um, because not only is he an LA guy, um, but obviously, I think LA will think we might think that they can get him and hold him hostage and get some money out of us because of his connections to the club, yeah. and if he and if they in if we balk at that, then he's still a useful player for them. Um, I could see him going. 
But I do think we have to also remember that there are five players going to be selected from 22 teams. Right. So there will be, there are going to be 17 teams who have no one selected. And, yeah. I mean, when you think about our depth, yeah. you know, you think about the players that we have on offer versus some of the players that other teams have left exposed. I think that, I don't know, I, you know, everyone looks at their own team's exposed list and thinks, oh, my God, you know, we're going to lose such and such. Yeah, but, I, I, I think um, Ibarra, yeah. uh, other teams want Ibarra, but other teams want Ibarra if we are going to pay part of his wages. Problem with mm. Ibarra, even for us, is that he just makes too much money. Uh, I, I think that he makes more than the rotation player that he is. Um, I do think a, a, t, uh, a coach like Bob Bradley knows exactly what to do with a guy like Ibarra. Um, but who knows? I mean, I mean, even at, in LAFC, he's not going to be a starter, right? He would be brought in as a bit role, you know, as, a, as, as a squad player the same way he is for us. I didn't find it surprising. I know that people have a very big attachment to Ibarra. Um, I have a big attachment to Ibarra. I, I think he's a great guy. Um, uh, I, I've, I've always enjoyed writing about him, uh, even though he's, he gives the worst quotes at, at ever. <laughs> uh, he's not quite Manny Lagos bad, but he's up there. You know, he's, but he's a very genuine guy. And, and uh, uh, you know, he's always, like, when he plays, he, he's a hard-on-his-sleeve guy. But the fact is, we also need a good team. Uh, we want. I want a team with a heart that does uh, is loyal to some of these players, but at the same time, uh, there are realities that we have to be. We have to know that players like that Ramirez will not always be with us, right? Ibarra will not always be with us. Um, uh, you know, and and I think that there's no real chance that anyone takes these players. Um, Michael V at Cycling and Soccer uh, asks. Uh, why protect Ibsen? He's 34. I have zero faith in Heath and Manny. We're run like a minor league club. Uh, do you have any defense of protecting Ibsen? Well, they, cl- they clearly rate him really highly. So if you rate a player like that super highly, you should protect that player. Yeah. Uh, That's I, really I don't, it. I, I don't really find... I know that I know that there's reasons to, to hate on Heath or, or Manny. I find uh, protecting Ibsen makes a lot of sense. He doesn't make much money. He makes 170 grand, I think, and he, at this point, is still our main attacking fulcrum. So, uh, I do believe that we should move on from Ibsen because I think that he was more of a liability. That's another story, but or we've talked about. Um, but uh, I think that if he's if he's unprotected, he gets taken. Uh, I don't believe uh, that people take these other players, so um, I don't. I don't really have a, a, a problem with that. Um, uh, can I move on from expansion draft? Move yeah, on. Yes, we talk about our big DP signing. Yes, I know you. I know you have been. This is the podcast I wanted you on, and I knew that you would want to talk about this. Minnesota United in their first trade in the off season bring in Harrison Heath. Son of Adrian Heath, 21-year-old central midfielder. Uh, you have so many opinions. Uh, we're just going to just let the next 30 minutes be you. This is just like the least surprising move ever. Like, I feel like everyone at some point this past year made a joke about this happening. So, I mean, Harrison Heath is the son of Adrian Heath. And he was with 
Orlando when Adrian Heath was the manager of Orlando. He moved to Atlanta, and he may have moved to Atlanta before, or that may have been in the works before Adrian was hired in Minnesota. Either way, he moved to Atlanta. Yeah. He did not have success. His most famous moment in Atlanta was the U.S. Open Cup final. He got subbed in and gave the ball away more times than he successfully completed a pass, including he gave the ball away in what led to Miami's winning goal. In the final? Yeah, no, when when uh, Atlanta played Miami in so, the U.S. Okay. Open Cup. So in the U.S. Open Cup, yes. Did I say the yeah. final? Not the final. You did finally um, say final. When, when it was the final game for Atlanta, because then they lost, um, and Miami moved on. Um, and, and Heath was immediately, like the next day they announced that he had been loaned to Sacramento. It was like punishment, like, yeah. you know, you, you screwed up and we're sending you to, yeah, to the like, yeah. sixth most important Californian city. Um, I know. Yeah, sorry, keep going. <laughs> I, 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 my point, my problem is, he's young, sorry, he's a young, 21-year-old central midfielder, great. That alone doesn't bother me. He come, he'll come extremely cheap. Like, it's a fourth-round pick. You know, yes, as I've noted and other people have noted, Jack Elliott, who was a Rookie of the Year finalist, was a fourth-round pick this last year. But usually, fourth-round picks aren't worth a lot. Some teams pass during that round. So my problem isn't who he is. My problem isn't even his ability. My problem isn't what we paid for him. My problem is that the fact it is... Completely, you, you cannot separate the fact that, that, that Adrian Heath is the coach. And that is the reason why he's on Minnesota United, as opposed to any other team, as opposed to in USL, where he probably should be to develop. Like, the reason he's on Minnesota United is because his dad is the coach. And I, that just... Yeah. <laughs> like... Is the ownership okay with, you know, spending money, you know, to, to keep, like, wayward youth off the street? Like, is that what we're doing <laughs> as a franchise? You know, it, like, our, is, 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 like, make work jobs for players who aren't in demand elsewhere, is that the kind of team we're going to be? Yeah. Um, uh, to me, it's just like, this is, it's nepotism. It's, it's, it's clearly what it is. And I just think that that calls into question, like, is this about, this isn't a move about winning, you know? This isn't a move about winning more games. This yeah. is a move about, about paying the coach's son. Come on. Yeah, it, it is, um, I think what, I'm not particularly upset by this, uh, 21-year-old player going to be making 60 grand, not the end of the world. Um, I think what frustrates me the most is maybe just like this is the first uh, first statement of we're different, right? They, everyone knows Scandinavia, that was a failure, right? You know, these things, but we're getting better. Which, you know, the narrative is trying to change this thing of like, look, we put together this team in a really short time. Now we are now this next year we want to be really good. We've got a base. And this is the first thing you do. It's a it the amount of ambition that this shows 
is literally right. there's no there's, there's nothing this is the ambitious. Least, about this. this is the least ambitious signing that we could possibly see. Uh, it, it's literally really? like it is the yeah yeah. I, I mean, other than signing freaking Andre Gatsmanoff again, this is this is this <laughs> is it. You know, right? This is the Andre Gatsmanoff of uh, MLS. Um, but I look at it and like. You know, okay. How much is Harrison Heath going to make? Like, it's let's. It's he's going to be the exact same. He's going to make the exact same as what Ish Jome made, or yeah. you know, just a little bit less than what Justin Davis made. And Ish Jome is from Minnesota, and Justin Davis has been an incredible servant to the to the club over many years. And if we're going to waste money or if we're going to, you know, if we're going to spend money on a player who we don't see as being particularly important to the club winning or making the playoffs this year, why is it going to the coach's son and not someone who has real history with the club? That's another thing that bothers me. It's just, I, I agree. I, I, it, it, I, I, I don't think it you should go to well. either. It's, yeah, yes. But, it, but it's not about ambition. That's what it's not about, you know. Yes. It, that, it, that, it, that, it, that, is, that. it is, yeah. It's it's We've frustrating as hell. It, yeah, I don't. Yeah. Th- we'll say it like thirty more times if we keep talking about it. It's really frustrating. I'm not as quite kind of worked up. Uh, mostly just because I don't. I don't think I've got the energy. I want him to come here and be great. Good for you. I'm not Welcome mad. Harrison, I'm disappointed. But, but it's, yeah, <laughs> it, it is really hard to get worked up. You know, hard to get excited about. Like, oh, great. Welcome to the club. Yeah, kid. Uh, anyway, so. Um, free agency is also happening this week. Uh, there's a list of free agents uh, that you can go check out. Um, we have it on our website. It's also on MLSsoccer.com. I don't know if you picked out any uh, that, that you want to see, but I'm, I'm kind of curious if you have any picks of like which kind of... So free agents is over 28, you've been with the league eight years, etc. You're out of contract, and then you can kind of have this somewhat limited free yeah. agency. Um, do you have any guys you picked out? Well, let's start with your... You had a list. Okay. Um, Start with that. I'll read these and you tell me what you think. Javier Morales, Brad Evans, Drew Moore, Stephen Betashore, Jeff Laurentowitz, and Chris Schuler. which um, I I showed these to to Bruce uh, McGuire, and he said Chris Schuler is is basically another (laughs) David Horst, which is only a compliment (laughs) in my book. But um, (laughs) what do you... Any of those guys that, that you would... You would want to look at. I'm very much on the record as a huge admirer of Stephen Betashore. Everywhere, I mean, I say it again, but everywhere he goes, his teams win. He's a solid. He's a really solid player. And you know, we're looking. I think, I know we're protecting Mark Birch in the expansion draft, but in my book, we're still looking for a left back. And I think Betashore would be a great left back. He plays more as a right back, right, in the league. He can play both sides, but I, but I think it's. He's been mm-hmm. right for, Maybe for have Toronto. It back. I thought right. he was a left back for Toronto and, and Morrow was the right back. I could be wrong. Either way, I love Stephen Betashore and I would love yeah. to have him on the team. He was paid 200000 for Toronto. He's getting older. I think you could probably get him for somewhere in the 100000s. Uh, Drew well, Moore is similar. Yeah. He's like, they're, they're winners. They're experienced players. They know what a winning locker room is like. They know what a winning team does. I think that they'd be very useful. I guess the only other players I would add, I think AJ De La Garza is another player who has a yeah. lot of good experience. He knows what to do. 
and, lots of right backs on this list, and yeah, you know, let me. I'll, I'll say one thing about going through the stats of uh, of of Minnesota United is that Jerome Tison, who I'm on the record of loving, comes out in the stats in looking at where teams have the most luck against us, uh, moving the ball through, etc. Um, where we have the worst uh, luck going forward is from the right back position. Um, hmm. And I, I've not broken it out to see how much when he switches to the left, how that works. But, um, you know, honestly, the two main things that come out of this, and we'll publish part of this as a preview for the book, but um, uh, Ibsen, behind Ibsen, as we would expect, we are destroyed when Ibsen leaves that space and Jerome Tisson's spot. Um, and... I love Jerome Tison. I do think that we need someone who at least pushes him for that spot. Uh, same thing with the left back. Mark Birch, I think, is semi-serviceable. Uh, um, we need someone better in there who who's fighting for that spot. You know, if you look at Brad Evans, Beta Shore, uh, um, uh, th- these guys, you know, AJ Delagarza, these are the guys who could bring that in. I do think what our team could really freaking use, among the things, is... Uh, someone right next to uh, Francisco Calvo. Calvo mm. is the captain right now, but um, Calvo is is a little bit of a um, you know. Drew Moore is that in. kind of guy. Yes, he wants to, but Calvo's going to step out, get get lost, make some uh, miss some interceptions, make some interceptions, and then you need a guy. You know, and this was what Coleman was doing. Boxall had mixed reviews doing it, but I think is the type of guy who does this. Um, who who kind of stays back, marshals things. Mm. I don't think Coleman's good enough at marshalling things. I know, um, but if you had Drew Moore next to freaking Francisco Calvo, ah, yeah. oh my God, um, you know, or or uh, you know Brad Evans to the right of them, or Brad, you know Brad Evans and AJ Delagarza can also play uh, center back if needed or something. Um, the only attacking player on on my list was Javi Morales, um, who. Dallas uh, fans are kind of mixed about because he's had trouble coming back from his injury. Uh, I yeah. mean, to me, that's that's perfect, right? I mean, he is a number <laughs> ten. Um, he's not yeah. going to be a number ten for more than. He's 20. your backup number ten. Well, he's he's our he is our main number ten, but you need a backup because you know well, that he's not going to play. No, uh, he's, he's going to play half the games, maybe 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 two thirds of the games. He's not our main number ten. No way. We have to do better than that. Well, yes. More, I don't know. We, I, I probably agree with you, but right now I'm not. Um, I'll say one more thing about Stephen Betashore, because yeah. I know Amos and Manny are listening. Um, he's only going to be... He's, he's 30 right now. I thought he was way older than that. He's 30. He'll be 31 in February. Betashore was open in the expansion draft last, I know. Year, last year. And, and it, it broke my heart crazy. that we didn't pick him. Ugh. Oh, my God. Pick Stephen Betashore. Holy crap. Come on, guys. I, I think one thing that bugs me about the team, looking at like uh, LAFC spending for to get uh, Walker Zimmerman in, mm-hmm. is that I want to see our team go after big players and not try to do the Johan Venegas, um, uh, you know, we're going to pick up these players who are undervalued and kind of uh, rehab them, right? Mm. Uh, I think there is way too much... There was at least last year, and again, whatever. I, I won't go into it. 
I think that there's way too much trying to be clever on this team. Yeah. Of trying to be like, oh, you got, we're so smart because we've looked at this and this guy is really going to be able to. No, guys, you know what? You know who's freaking good? Drew goddamn Moore, Walker Zimmerman, these guys. <laughs> like, you don't have to, it's not a secret. We all know they're freaking good. So pick them up. Yeah. And, and, and you've got this extra money. You know, you can pay some stuff down. Uh, um, you know the problem is we we paid over overpaid for player some players this year. Ugh. So anyway, I don't know. If, do you have anything else to say there? No, let's leave it at that. Okay. All right. We've got a few Twitter questions, so let's um, let's do music and then come back and finish up with the Twitter questions. Back. Twitter questions. Uh, you can send these in. You can send me um, emails at westberdine at 55.1 um, anytime. Uh, great to hear whatever you want to talk about. Um, but uh, actually, actually, I want to know what TV shows I should be watching right now because I'm running low. I, I'm, I'm now on uh, Riverdale, which is uh, extremely trashy and hilarious. Not good, <laughs> but kind of funny. Uh, so, anyway, please send me things, people. Um, Matt Axelson says, uh, what five players would you take in the expansion draft if you're LAFC? Do you have any players that you that you'd pick up? Well, a couple names stood out to me. The, the one biggest question for me is Yamil Assad. He was left unprotected by Atlanta, and he was, I mean, he was really good for Atlanta. So, um, my feeling is that they, they must know, like... I think yeah. he was on loan, and so I guess, like, if you if you pick him in the expansion draft, you need to buy him from his club. But if he's available, if you can make that work, I don't know if they have. I mean, maybe two days is just not enough time I, to make I that mean, work. But yeah, if you can the, get him, he would be great. I, it looks as if uh, Atlanta did a weird trade with with uh, LAFC, um, and it looks as if that was a. Don't take any players from us. Trade. Okay. Uh, this I'm, I'm pulling this from Andrew Weeby tweeted this out, kind of pointing out two trades that were made. They traded an international spot and then they got an international spot from Colorado, and it it just like <laughs> has one of those little smelly feels uh-huh. to it. So, okay. Um, I I will say um, uh, Dylan Powers is on it, but he's also up for waiver draft. So, but uh, you know the other the other big name was Raheem Edwards. Uh, um, you know, very surprising that he was on there as a as a young player who's really stood out. Um, How about I, I don't know Saad Abdul Salam for Sporting Kansas City? Yep. Who was sort of he was like really good right back. Actually, the Loon should get him too. Um, really good right back who like they just decided that Graham Zusi had to play, and so they made Graham Zusi a right back, and Abdul Salam had to sit. He I mean, doesn't make that much money either. Yeah. Yeah, he would be fantastic. Uh, but I think that I think that you know we're we're thinking about it as terms of like players who would be good to have. I really I mean they will they're gonna pick as we said at the at the top of the show they're gonna pick hostages, who they're gonna you know yeah. deal back to teams or like like the Jeff Antonella thing like they're gonna pick you know Minnesota let's say we'll say we really want you know Abdul Salam we'll give you you know an international spot and yeah. you know something else. And 
LA will pick him and then deal him to us. That well, kind of we thing. Could have used Chris so you'll, you'll this see, year. Yeah, you'll see a lot of moves like that one, uh, and uh, hopefully they don't involve Miguel Bar. But yeah. Eric Silva Brenneman has Peru started headbutt defense training yet? Since we're so going to talk about Peru, all these Peru questions are for Rodrigo. No, this is for you. You got to oh. answer it though. Sorry. Yes, they have. Okay. Sean yeah. Goman says, what does Guerrero's absence mean for Peru's World Cup chances? Also, not a question, but make a convincing ar- argument that once one earns their PhD this spring, it's appropriate to limit a job search within two hours uh, drive of Alliance as opposed to 6.5. Now uh, asking for a friend. You go with the first. I'll, I'll go with the sec. So Guerrero, well, I think, was, was banned for cocaine, right? <laughs> I think so. so. Oh, Guerrero's absence... Uh, actually improves Peru's World Cup chances. Uh, they're still going to lose to Denmark. Um, uh, I, Sean, you know, we can talk. You you can send me a message, Sean, ab- about PhD stuff. I literally stopped, drew, dropped out of academia because I, I applied to like 140 jobs and like 100 of them were in like rural Alabama or <laughs> North Dakota. and uh, And I realized that there's other things I can do with my life that I will love uh, and um, don't have to move to crappy places. And I love living in the Twin Cities. So, uh, Sean, I'm your man. If you want, if you want uh, help getting out of the cult, I'm, uh, I've got a self-help book I'm, I'm working on. All right. Wait, here's the thing, though. Two hours drive of Valiance. Th- like, how many more jobs are available a five hours drive away from Valiance? Like... I guess five hours is like the limit because then you hit Madison, you know, yeah. or Milwaukee. But like, I have I have difficulty with these hour long radiuses. Like six point five, suddenly you're into the Chicago market, you know. Yeah. So, like, I think I think there's a uh, I don't know two hours drive. Might they get just thirty minutes drive of Valiance? You've got basically the entire Twin Cities right there. I don't know why. Two hours I, I, I is remember, the so interior. My, so Lydia applied for a job or interviewed for a job in Lacrosse, and it was like, okay, you know, that, okay. that's a distance away. It's two hours, right? Sure. Um, uh, yes, I agree with you, though. Um, why not just, uh, you know, basically just do only the four universities within walking distance of Alliance? Just, just do that. Um, Max Powers uh, says, should we be emotionally preparing for the departure of uh, Batman to LAFC? Why might this be a good thing for the loons? Uh, we talked a little bit yeah, about you should always thing, be, but, yeah. You should always be preparing for the emotional, you should always be preparing for heartbreak. Like, <laughs> you support a Minnesota-based sports team. Um, it's not a good thing for the loons. It wouldn't be a good thing for the loons to have a team, a player picked. Like, that's just it. That's how the yeah. expansion draft works. The uh, Wild I mean, got screwed this year in expansion draft, so why not Minnesota United? Yeah, I think I think everyone should fully expect that Ibarra might has a good chance of leaving, uh, but I would hope that we would get something for him. Uh, um, you know, even if we undervalue him here, uh, you know, I, I would hope that we can get something for him. So losing him in the expansion draft might be a little bit upsetting, um, but I, again, I just I just don't. I don't see them doing that. Well, we'll see. Who knows? Um, that's it. Those are the questions. Uh, I, I will say there. I have an interview next week with Cassie Coleman uh, of the Coleman Clan. Who um, I, I don't know if you know how big the the, the Coleman Clan is, Alex. But um, uh, Crystal 
uh, Coleman Seidel now uh, is the assistant coach for the Gophers. Um, I think it's Andy Seidel. I'm forgetting the first name. Her husband is uh, the main coach of the Minnesota United Reserve uh, or Academy teams. Uh, they are just they're enormous. But Cassie is uh, you know I've I've tracked for for years when, when I saw her play for Boston Breakers. She's uh, you you know the only of the the women uh, Coleman's who went pro. Um, I sat down with her, had a great interview with her. I'm going to put that out next week uh, so people can uh, uh, tune in for that. That should be fun. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just say, also, please keep an eye out for The Complete Darkness and uh, buy early. It helps me uh, feel good about my life seeing that uh, these sell early because I, I try to buy and not lose money by buying too many uh, by doing an order. And uh, I think that it's a fun thing that no one else does in any other market and so i i would i would appreciate your support but th- those are my those are my plugs alex support. i have i have no plugs okay there we go uh so thank you alex good to talk to you uh thank you listeners uh as always it's great um maybe we'll be back before the holidays but if not everyone enjoy the holidays um enjoy silly season it should be a blast uh yeah craziness Live life, be merry, enjoy the snow. <laughs> oh my God, Alex. You say that with such joy. All right, thanks. It just snowed in Philadelphia, so it's, you know, it's <laughs> the best, the best, first time it snowed in two years here. Oh my God, you know how to say things. With such joy. So, all right, take care, man. <laughs> See ya.